On day one of Packers training camp open to the public, the young receivers played like they heard all those things you said about the Packers not signing a 33-year-old receiver. And we got our first glimpse at how the Packers are dealing with life without David Bakhtiari. We also heard from David Bakhtiari on his prognosis moving forward. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Touchdown! You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Packers training camp kicks off and all eyes were on the receivers as they set out to start life anew without Devontae Adams. And if there were any questions about who would be the number one receiver in the absence of Devontae Adams, it is the presence of Alan Lazard that is not just physically imposing, but on the field. Uh, Something to be reckoned with. Aaron Rodgers has now multiple times mentioned Lazard taking up the mantle for Devontae Adams, including, in this case, a subtle dig at Devontae Adams making a reference to Derek Carr being a Hall of Famer, a dig or a joke or both. It did. It felt a little it felt a little Barbie to me, a little jabby, a little like, are you you're really comparing this guy to to me? Uh, But. I also think Aaron Rodgers has tremendous confidence in what Alan Lazard can be. And Lazard, by all accounts, had a great first day of practice. Was it perfect? No. It's never going to be perfect for anybody. And is he going to be Devontae Adams? No. And that's okay. But what struck me is, you look at the day Romeo Dubs had. Impressive by all accounts. Amari Rodgers making a couple plays. Jordan Love, who we're going to talk about at the end throwing darts out there and there's going to be contributions from a number of different places and the Alan Lazard ascension is one thing and we've talked about it really ad nauseum on this show and 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 I was very much enjoying um what we what we got a chance to hear about from practice because I've had stock on Lazard Island for years I mean, years been saying that I think he can be more than what he's been. And when he's gotten those opportunities, we've, we've been able to see that. This, this young offense, the core of this receiver room, and Christian Watson is not even out there. It's so easy to be excited about what they can be. Because you have someone like Alan Lazard, who I think profiles as that ball winner on the outside. He can play in the slot. What, what Nate Tice at The Athletic calls a power slot. We've seen him do it. He can play all over the formation. He can be an asset in the run game in the slot. He can be an asset in the run game on the outside. 
They flip him the ball on those end arounds sometimes. He is such a versatile player. Maybe he's not DeAndre Hopkins, although I mentioned that they they basically had the same statistics last season. He is, I think, the perfect kind of bridge receiver. We talk about bridge quarterbacks. We really talk about bridge anything else's. He's the perfect bridge quarterback. No, see, I did it. He's the perfect bridge receiver while Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs get up to speed. And they happen to have complementary skill sets. You can let Alan Lazard do the dirty work. He can be the power slot when they want to be. And they're going to use switch releases. They're going to use him in these stack formations and in trips to get him open because he's not extremely dynamic at the line of scrimmage, at least not yet. It's something that came with time with Devontae Adams. And so maybe Al Lazard's proximity to Devontae Adams, his relationship with Devontae Adams is going to help him become more explosive at the line of scrimmage. You add in Christian Watson, who the Packers love. They love Christian Watson. And he's not out there right now because of of a knee injury. Uh, that happened in OTAs, and so um, sounds like he had to have a little uh, clean up something, and it's not expected to be long term. But he profiles as someone who can be your true number one athletically. I think he's got more ability as a route runner to be polished, but his ability after the catch and his speed down the field is incredible for someone his size. He can make plays after the catch. He can he can line up inside. He can line up outside. If he can polish the route running, I mean, the limit to his potential is crazy. It's crazy high what his potential is. And then to already be seeing Romeo Dubs, who had a, had a strong spring, come in and, and be making plays. You know, Randy Moss, a DB, use his speed, use his quickness. And then you add in Amari Rogers, you know, who slimmed down a little bit. He's looking more explosive. He's someone who can be dynamic with the ball in his hands, can play a lot of different roles in this offense. That gives you a different kind of feel. And we talked a little bit about this after the draft that these four guys, they're now your core and the pieces fit so well together. Add in Juwan Winfrey, who is the spring and summer all-star every year. And you have a really nice group. I, I didn't even mention Samori Toure, uh, who you know is is a guy who made big plays at Nebraska. I had a, a listener write in and say, "Hey, can you can you please talk more about Toure because he was someone who was making big plays against the bigger schools with with the the primetime athletes, the Ohio States and the Wisconsin's and, and the Michigans." Totally fair. You know, he's an older prospect. I think he was brought in more because he could be a special teams player. I think I think there's a chance he good chance he makes the team. I think in my final 53 projection over at the leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. I put him on the team. I probably should have had Winfrey on the team because there's a good chance Winfrey's going to outplay him in training camp. Now, Winfrey during the season last year when he got his opportunities, I thought was was pretty up and down, more more down the fumbles, the drops. Now, those are early opportunities for a guy who's never really had many opportunities. 
Certainly in, in the Cardinals game, he was rushed into duty probably before he was ready because the Packers had no NFL receivers ready to play in that game. You had Devontae Adams with COVID. You had Alan Lazard as a close contact who was unvaccinated, who could not play in that game. Marcos Velez-Scantling hurt. So you had Juwan Winfrey and friends out there having to run an NFL offense. And he's just, he's not a wide receiver one. Can he be a complimentary wide receiver four? Maybe, sure. This all leads into an interesting conversation about the future of Alan Lazard in Green Bay because... He needs to get paid. So what, let's say he goes out and he has a really solid season. What kind of money is he going to want? Does he want to be in Green Bay beyond this season if it's playing with Jordan Love and not Aaron Rodgers? Does the future of Aaron Rodgers scare Alan Lazard the way that it apparently mattered to Devontae Adams? These are all questions that we can answer in six, eight months time if if Lazard does have a monster season. Uh, but I think right now, when we look at the way this roster is constructed, the way these pieces fit together, it's really easy to be really excited about what the Packers have built at this group. And I, I said it on Twitter. I know it doesn't feel like a Super Bowl caliber room right now because they're unproven. But, but the ability is there. I know they're young, but you, you have veterans, Sammy Watkins and Randall Cobb. I, don't, I don't, didn't include them in the tweet because they're not long-term pieces. But they're legitimate NFL receivers right now this year. Alan Lazard, same thing. And then you add in the upside of what Amari Rodgers can be, Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs. I think this is an exciting time. And Brian Gutekind said it. He said, I'm not in the market for a receiver right now. That can change but I'm not not in it right now because we want to we want to give these young guys a chance to prove it. And guess what? They went out there on day one of camp, the day Brian Gutekind said that, and they proved why this team has faith in them right now. All right, we're going to talk about the latest with the David Bakhtiari saga in just a second. But before we do, let's talk about our friends at Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, what are you doing? What are you doing? They're incredible and they've upped the game again you didn't think they could do it again but it is the dj khaled it's another one because it's cookie dough and who doesn't love cookie dough the cookie dough puff is here it is crazy because it works well in a puff because the puff is so light it's marshmallowy it's a protein marshmallow seriously it's a protein marshmallow and then you get the little chunks of cookie dough Legit cookie dough covered in 100% chocolate, yet 15 grams of protein with just 160 calories. I don't know how they do it. They taste amazing, plus they deliver on the macros you want from a protein bar, collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently, a ton of health benefits. I, I, lo I love the collagen skin. Skin's looking better. Skin's looking, you just came back from vacation. Skin's looking right because that collagen good for your skin. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. So we heard from David Bakhtiari and we heard from Brian Gutekinds and we heard from Matt LaFleur on David Bakhtiari. So let's start there. Um, Bakhtiari had a little cryptic social media post. You know, it seems like he was saying it's about that time. Uh, Brian Gutekinds used the phrase cautiously optimistic. I think 
Bakhtiari was in, in his conversations at his locker, just optimistic, optimistic. He said he felt so much better right now than he did compared to what he did last year. He's had three surgeries in the last 19 months. Um, and th that setback was reported. Remember we talked the other day. We need to know what the deal is and why he's not out there. And if the answer is, well, he had a setback with another cleanup and this is just part of that process and they're happy with where his progress is, then it's less of a deal. Now, the third surgery is not, a, it's not, not ideal, but at least it explains what's going on. He feels like, Bakhtiari does, he's in a good place. And so it sounds like this is moving forward. You hope that is the case. We also got the news that Alan Jenkins ahead of schedule. That's really good. Um, and and Matt LaFleur made it seem like he's going to be out there soon. In fact, that was the phrase that, that he used. Soon. I don't know what soon means. They thought they were going to get David Bakhtiari back soon, and then they didn't. So, you know, LaFleur even made the joke, I'm not really into timelines anymore because of what happened with Bakhtiari, and that, that is understandable. We also got a glimpse, and, and I don't think this is just something we should throw away because it sounds like Alan Jenkins is going to be ready sooner than later, and because the Bakhtiari thing, I think we feel better about it today than we did yesterday. Um, I certainly do. I don't think we should just throw away some of the stuff that's going on with the shuffling because Matt LaFleur was asked about it. Uh, could we see some of these other guys play tackle um, just to get guys ready? And Matt LaFleur said, you're going to have to wait and see. And then guess what? Um, it only took a half an hour. And, and then it was seeing. No more waiting. Uh, Royce Newman was playing right tackle. Cole Van Lannan was getting those first team right tackle reps in the spring. And Cole Van Lannan with the second team. Now, is that a reflection of Cole Van Lannan? Is that a reflection of Royce Newman? Is that a reflection of just trying to get some different looks out there? They love Josh Myers. He's going to be the center. John Runyon Jr. is going to be your left guard, I think, in all likelihood. And there's, there's a good chance, at least in my mind, unless Elton Jenkins is ready to go, that... Yash Nijman is going to be your, your starting whatever tackle with the other guy who's who's ready. Assuming a guy is ready. And you hope that David Bakhtiari is ready by week one. But having Royce Newman gives you some more tackle guard versatility. He played guard last year, but was a tackle in college and, and played guard as well. And he was cross-trained in the summer. He played guard and he played tackle. Interestingly, Jake Hansen is running at right guard with the ones, not Newman at guard and, and Cole Van Lannan at tackle as we saw in the spring. Okay, is Jake Hansen getting a real look at guard? Because center the center experiment had not gone well. Wes Hotkowitz uh, at, at, at Packers.com suggested that maybe Jake Hansen could become a Lucas Patrick type player where he is primarily a backup center who could play some guard. I, I need to see a lot more from Jake Hansen before I'm ready to go there. Certainly with the Lucas Patrick comparison, Lucas Patrick was a quality offensive lineman. I don't know that Jake Hansen is even an NFL player at this point. We just haven't seen it. We haven't seen enough from him to say, yeah, that guy deserves to be on a 2D. We haven't seen that from him. 
Now, the same can be said for some of these rookies, but they've got pedigree. At least they're going to be given the opportunity. Sean Ryan, Zach Tom. Well, Zach Tom is playing left tackle. He was left tackle with the, with the twos on Wednesday. So it is, it is interesting to see that where they where they where they're going to allocate their resources where they're going to give these guys opportunities who is getting those opportunities who's staying at guard you know maybe you could read this as faith that in in Sean Ryan that's how I, I choose to read it they're going to give him a real shot to win that guard job they think he's a guard they're going to give him a chance to win that right guard spot I think that is the best thing for this team. I think he is he is going to be one of the two best guards on this team, assuming Alan Jenkins is playing tackle, which we assume he is. And so then it is, Zach Tom, where do you fit in? Are you a guard? Are you a tackle? Are you a center? Well, here's your chance to play tackle. Here's your chance to be the heir apparent to David Bakhtiari. Here's your chance to be the swing tackle on this team, if that's what ends up happening. He can play tackle I think in the league now he's got the athleticism he's got the gifts maybe he needs to get a little bit stronger um that's why some thought he was a center coming out of school I you know I don't have strong takes on that he's going to tell us where his best position is with his play on the field I am so excited not just for the pads to come on in camp but for us to get the opportunity to see these guys in real life to see them play in games. That is the only way we're going to know. It's the exhibition games. It's the it's the live action because practice only goes so far. There are some players who don't practice particularly well. They're gamers. Matt Flynn was a gamer. Just go out there and do it. And some people are great in practice. And then you get out there under the lights and it's a different thing. And so that's when I think offensive line, defensive line in particular linebacker, those are position, running back, those are positions where until the pads are on, let's not make any, let's not make any value judgments. But I think where these guys are lining up absolutely matters in in telling us something about where the Packers think that they need the help and where they see that the projections of these guys moving forward. So that is going to be something that I'm going to be keeping a very close eye on here in the coming days in the coming weeks, in the exhibition season, this offensive line, if it is the case that we can now feel a little better about where David Bakhtiari is and can definitely feel better about where Elton Jenkins is, then that means a situation where now it's, let's just find the pieces now. Let's just see long-term, where is Zach Tom going to play? What is Royce Newman on this Packers team? They went out and they got multiple guys who they announced as interior offensive linemen. That was a clear sign that they don't think Royce Newman is for sure a starting offensive lineman on this team. And one of the things that we love, that I love about Matt LaFleur and Adam Stenovich by extension is their willingness to say, we're going to put the best five out there. We're going to figure out who the best five is by cross-training everybody. You're going to play some guard. You're going to play some center. If you're an interior offensive lineman, if you're... Not sure what what you are yet, or if we're not sure what you are yet, it's you're going to play guard and tackle. In the case of Zach Tom, he's now played three spots, and that was the the comparison in in the post draft press conferences. The name of Elton Jenkins was brought up. 
this idea that he could play all five spots potentially. And so where was his best spot? That's that is a thing. Now, is he that good? Look, Alan Jenkins, one of the most versatile offensive linemen in football. I'm not sure there's anyone in the league who could genuinely be a Pro Bowl caliber player at center guard and tackle. But we already know Alan Jenkins is a is a Pro Bowl caliber player at guard and center. We've seen him do it for a long period of time. The tackle piece is still TBD. We only have about a month sample size with that one. But he was playing at a Pro Bowl level at tackle as well. So the Packers have gotten good um, evaluations on these offensive linemen from the front office, gotten good coaching. And so these guys are going to be in a position to succeed. Then it's about trying to find the best spots for them. All right, we're going to finish up here. But before we do, you need the scoop on more than just what's going on with the Packers. Thanks for making Locked on Packers your first listen. But we have Locked on NFL for your second listen. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialing with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. Jordan Love. You didn't really think we were going to not talk about Jordan Love. This is what you want to see. Ripping throws. Now we got to see it in games. Same with offensive linemen. But that was the consistent thought. Last year, Matt LaFleur, Nathaniel Hackett, Luke Getze, just go out and rip it. In the first camp, open to the public, he's out there ripping throws, putting balls in the right location and making plays. A play where he's rolling left and throws back across his body. Accurate throw, stick throw. It makes sense that for a player who has to totally relearn how to play quarterback in the NFL because he was just a gunslinger in college playing a a, highly, highly simplified structure. They're basically running four verts on every play and then there's side adjustments and it, it's it's not it's not simple but it's not the same in terms of in and outside of center. Um okay, you're going to under center seven step drop and read 1 2 3 4. Okay, play action. You got to read post snap safety movement with your back to the defense. Now turn your head and make a throw. And all of that is in addition to new verbiage, speed of the game, new concepts. It's he was trying to work fundamentals, tie his eyes to his feet, all of the stuff that that we talked about from a fundamental standpoint and be the best version of Jordan Love that he could be. Now he can finally just go play because the playbook Rear view, verbiage, rear view. And I think a lot of the fundamental stuff is he's feeling comfortable with it now. So now it's just stick your foot in the ground and throw a shot. And that was the thing that that was was weird, but not concerning to me was this idea, oh, we, we haven't seen the arm talent. You know, there was the one day where he's he's making beautiful throws last year in mini camps. And that was concerning for people. And I went, I'm not worried about it. I'm really not. 
And I wasn't worried about it because you saw it at Utah State. You saw the arm talent. He can drive the ball outside of the numbers. A, a field throw and the hashes in college are, are even wider. So it's even, it's even tougher. He could go wide side out and drive the ball. And get the ball there without it being in harm's way. And he could make, without a hitch, these rainbow fades on on the boundary. Or he could stick a, a hole shot in the center of the field. Over the linebacker, but in front of the safety. We saw him do it to Jay Sternberger in the Texans preseason game. I thought he was, I thought he was good in that game. But that was another one of those games where it's, all right, you gotta, you gotta rip some of these throws. Get the ball out front to, to Devin Funches. Don't make him die for it. You you playing with confidence does so much to just unleash your ability to play freely. It's not about having to be perfect. It's not thinking about your footwork. It's not focusing on your footwork. It's just going out and doing it. It's just internalizing it. It's not thinking about the play concept. It is just letting it happen and then letting your natural ability take over. And and again. That was why I wasn't worried about not seeing the the ability part, the arm talent. He made some outstanding throws last uh, preseason. The Bills, the whole the cover two hole shot, which I won't stop talking about on the sideline. An unbelievable play with pressure in his face. He has the arm talent, and now he's probably a little bit stronger, a little bit more confident. And I think playing with some freedom, that is a really good thing for the Packers. Whether he's the future of your franchise or he's building value so you can get something for him, his development, the positive development, is important for the Packers moving forward. All right, we will be back. A Summer Friday conversation coming up five days a week. We're back, baby. Let's do this. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay. Locked on Packers.